0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling. I am your host, and we're here to toss some nuggets of hope out your way. So I hope you're ready to catch some folks. And thank you so much for spending just a small part of your day with myself and my special guest today, Debbie Henney. is a speech language pathologist or speech therapist, as most folks uh, know it as. And I just learned that Myself, by the way, but saying speech-language pathologist makes me sound really smart, so we're going to go by that. She is that by day, but she is an author by night, and all day, every day, she is a wife, mother, and lover of Jesus Christ. Debbie, thank you so much for being my guest today, and I know we've struggled to get you on here back and forth, but here we are finally.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be a part of it.
0: Now, folks, I met Debbie a few weeks ago, or I was a guest on her show, and we kind of clicked. You know how that happens. And she's got a very interesting story, um, life story, author story, all kinds of things. So I'm going to jump in first off, and we were talking off mic before we started, folks. Um, Debbie, you had experienced a head injury years ago, Um, and tell us what happened share with the listeners, when you experienced that head injury, what actually, what, what else happened besides the head injury?
1: Besides the pain? (laughs)
0: Besides besides the tremendous pain that you
1: were in, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So my head wound up getting cracked into a wall. Um, and I was wearing glasses at the time and it was so bad that the glasses actually kind of reshaped to my head. Um, and I remember just kind of slumping over and I was in so much pain, I couldn't move. And then all of a sudden it, everything went black and I felt like I was in a vortex going upwards. And when I regained awareness of my surroundings, my hands were around some gates and they were shaking, I was shaking them. And I can still hear it in my head when I go to that memory and I was shaking them and I was shouting, let me in, let me in. (laughs) And on the other side of the gates. It was this beautiful land. You could see rolling hills. There was a river. um, There was, it was just light all around there. And when we have light here on earth, there's always a shadow, but there was no shadow. It was like everything itself emanated light. If I really focus on the memory, I can hear like a a melody or like a music in the background too. Um, But the strongest memory is me, you know, shaking these gates and saying, let me in. And Off to my side, there came into my, you know, peripheral vision. It looked like a ball of orange, but it wasn't just like one shade of orange. It went from like a, more like a pale yellow all the way to a deep, vibrant orange. And the way I perceived it was more like a ball, like a round figure, but it was an angel. And this angel came over and took my hands, pried them off of the gates and turned me around. And then God spoke. And it was, it shook me when he spoke and he said, it's not your time yet. Go back and finish what I have for you. I have work for you to do. And then all of a sudden I was instantly back in my body in a ton of pain. And I remember fluttering my eyes open and then just closing them again because it was so painful and I couldn't move again. And same thing happened again was a vortex i went up hands around the gates shaking them let me in let me in same exact scene and the angel came over that happened faster this time and he pried my hands off again turned me around and god said i told you before it's not your time yet go back and finish what i have for you i've work for you to do and then i came back and i that was it that was it. I regained consciousness and I didn't go back again. It took a while for the headache to wear off, but (laughs) no worse for the wear. I was a student at the time. I was still able to finish school, graduate, didn't miss a beat with my grades or anything. So there was no lasting perceptible impact of that head injury.
0: What an amazing story. And there's a couple things that that my brain latched onto as you were talking. First off, no shadows. And the way you described it was, it was as if everything emanated light.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, I love that description because, you know, I've read stories and watched videos and interviews and such of other people trying to describe this light. And it was always just very bright. Yeah. The way it you is. describe it though, I it it gives a clearer picture to me actually you know, and no shadows. And I think that's very telling as well. No shadows for me anyway, because I look a little deeper into stuff in my brain, you know, no shadows. That means no darkness right. of, of of any sort.
1: Of any sort. And that's hard for us to wrap our minds around here on earth because there's always a shadow. I yes. You can whether it's
0: physical it's- shadow or you've got shadows floating around in your brain that are stopping you from moving forward or stopping you from you know letting go of certain things that's how i look at it shadows darkness and that's how i describe it in my own personal life If you know i've got you know my little demon the little darkness coming in or he's bringing him and his little shadow minions that's what's been in my head and the way you describe that everything emanated light there was no shadows what an absolutely beautiful image And if anyone out there listening has an imagination even close to what mine is, you'll find it beautiful too.
1: (laughs) It was beautiful.
0: Absolutely. I imagine. Well, no, actually I can't. I can't imagine. I can only imagine in my head what it may be like. And that was probably not even a 10th of what it actually was. You know, second thing was, um, you said you, God told you, you know, it's not your time yet. You gotta go back. And then the second time, I already told you, kid. <laughs> I mean, this is <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. I already told you, kid.
1: It's time you go.
0: gotta go back here. I I, you know, I pretty much don't want you here right yet. Yeah. <laughs> but you said his voice shook you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, are you able to, or can you even come close to describing? I mean, did you physically hear it or did you feel his voice? <sighs>
1: That's a really good question, and it should be easy to answer, but it's not. Um, I remember if you imagine the most powerful thunder you can imagine and how it shakes the house, how it shakes your being, that's kind of what it was like. It just shook me like a rolling thunder. Um, So if you ask me if I heard it, I would say yes, but it could be that it was so The shaking was so powerful that I perceived it as hearing, but it could be that I just felt it. I'm not sure if that really makes a lot of sense.
0: No, that makes sense to me because there are certain times, excuse me, and I've shared on other episodes, um, my own experiences, not like yours. Mine are, I've had a couple that were, I'm literally awake in the middle of the day nothing traumatic happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) to my body or anything, but I've, there are times I, I swear, I hear a whisper very faintly, but then there was a time where I didn't hear it. I just felt those words, but the words were very clear, but I felt them. And there's really no way to describe that. That so it makes sense. And you don't sound like a crazy person. Um, and quite frankly if people think I sound crazy that's on them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I know I know what I experienced and you know what you experienced. I've personally never spoken to anybody that's had an experience like you have and I that's just to me it's a it's a reassurance because I don't think you're crazy or wonky or weirdo or cracked in the head even though you had a crack to the head. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I truly believe as i I'm a Christian and I truly believe in 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 God and the Father and the Holy Spirit and how that works here on earth, and that we are going to a better place. And I've often wondered, you know, you like I said earlier, you read stuff, you hear stuff about what other people saw. And it's not always the same. So what what's your take on that? Do you feel that it's God shows you what he feels you think heaven would look like?
1: That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure that I really have that answer other than heaven is so big and so multifaceted. It would take, it takes an eternity to experience so it would be very feasible that he would take different people to different places in heaven and reveal a little piece like i just had a little tiny tiny piece of what it is and clearly didn't get very far on that trip <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you tried twice
1: <laughs> i tried twice <laughs> he said kid it's not happening right now <laughs> uh,
0: that actually cracks me up it's just like wait a minute i told you kid turn around go back there and do your chores <laughs> He's got work for you to do. Do your chores is what he was saying. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. But then you also had told, shared with me that. So after the head injury, you, you went up there and then being your stubborn little self tried to get back in and they still didn't let you. But at another point in life, you had another experience like that. Share a little bit about that.
1: So this one was not the result of an injury um, this was a few years later i was still a student and i was with my church's youth group doing a week-long intensive evangelism training at the time we they called it boot camp and it happened in the city of philadelphia and so we were at our host church in philadelphia and we were on our free time it was in the afternoon and you know i'm, I'm a, i love music i'm a songwriter And I'm a worshiper, first and foremost, more than anything. And so I was with the other music people (laughs) in the chapel area, and people were picking up instruments and just doing a jam session. And I just went to the back of the church the chapel. There wasn't, you know, an extra instrument for me to play. Uh, So I just kind of went in the back and I started worshiping. I don't know what everybody else was doing, but I was worshiping. And all of a sudden, I lost total awareness of my current surroundings in that little church in Philadelphia. And I was in the throne room. And again, it was light, bright light everywhere. No shadows, no darkness whatsoever. And I had an awareness of a lot of people behind me, but I didn't see them. I just knew that they were there. And in front of me, was god on a throne and i couldn't see him from like the torso up i just kind of saw the bottom sitting on the throne and that was enough it was sensory overload i have no idea how long i was there it felt like i was there for an eternity and a second all at the same time and that's the best way i can put it but it was an incredible incredible experience and then all of a sudden it was over I was back in the church in philadelphia and i was on the floor i was not on the floor when i went up but i was on my body was on the floor when i came back i i don't know that anybody was even aware that you know that i was on the floor or how long i was there Uh, they were all kind of still doing their music thing up at the front of the chapel so i came back and the best way i can describe that when I opened my eyes was that this whole earth that everything that I saw around me was like 2d like I was looking at it like I would look at a picture in a book because the reality real life was where I just was um and that took a little while to wear off I mean we don't live in our experiences so you know over time you're gonna go back to reality here on earth and it's going to seem real. It's going to feel real. All the feels are real, you know, as you go through life and life experiences. Um, and I was still pretty young at that age. So I still had a lot of life to go through. Um, but that experience has stuck with me over the years. And um, it's life-changing. It really is.
0: Oh, and I, I believe it. I, All three of those experiences would be life-changing, altering in some way. Um, not only of how you view god in heaven but how you view here earth Mm -hmm. and people and life and everything that that involves now you mentioned and I, i and i did find it interesting how you said when you were back it felt as if here on earth you were sitting on the floor everything was in 2d like you were looking at a picture on the page of a book and reality was actually where you had just come from. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how you, you could have been there for less than a 10th of a second. We have no idea.
1: Have no idea. You know, Cause
0: his time is different than ours. I believe.
1: I wasn't wearing a watch. So I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah, you were,
0: <laughs> and you weren't thinking of checking it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, you described that very well, at least to me, it gives me a very good mental picture. And that's, that's how I think is in mental pictures. And that gave me a very good mental picture, um, of, you know, God looking down and he's, you know, our names are written in a book, right. Mm -hmm. And you described it as looking down at a book is where, what it felt like and reality was actually up with. Our Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. I find that incredibly powerful. I don't know if anybody out there listening right now does, but that's hitting me. That's awesome. And I am blessed that you shared that because that's something that's going to stick in my head now. That's just awesome. Um now we're gonna we're gonna jump tracks, but maybe not. Maybe it's not too far off the track. You have a book, you're an author, you have a published book. Does this book and I haven't read it, folks? So full full transparency there does this book contain any of your experiences that you just shared
1: it actually does not it actually contains more of my experiences as an adult so those I was still pretty young when that happened when those things happened um so and and I talk about these as transformative experiences and they were you know when you have those experiences and you get that in that level of a presence of god it attunes your spiritual ears so that you know that you know that you know when you're hearing god speak um however life still happens i'm still a human being who is flawed (laughs) and things happen that pull out those flaws so if anything my book actually talks a little bit more about that and talks about my growth process through the daily grind of life not so much the mind-blowing experiences where we don't live but where do i live you know as an adult who's a mom who's tired and exhausted and working and hormonal and has dealt with life's disappointments you know how do i live as a woman who's had some trauma and how do i you know find a place of healing and freedom from that so it doesn't keep me in bondage and define me? How do you move forward? Um, and just the practical steps, because like I said, those experiences are amazing and mind blowing and they do impact you the rest of your life, but you don't live there. You live it. My, I'm still here right. <laughs> on this planet living through life. Um, and so, uh, that book, uh, it's called gentleness. It's not what you think. Um that started out as a Bible study that I ran for my girls when they were very young um and I went through the fruit of the spirit and when I got to gentleness I said, "Oh, I know what that is. You know, I've always been told that I'm a gentle person." And so I got this one in the bag. But I am uh the type of person who likes to look under every rock. So <laughs> I started by really digging into it in the Bible. And I realized I have no idea what gentleness is. I had no idea. And what people looked at and saw as gentleness in my life was actually fear. Um, a lot of it. And timidity. And because gentleness starts with great power. So these experiences that I shared on the show, I actually never shared with anybody until recently. Um, never shared. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. And recently, God was saying, don't be afraid to share them. Don't be afraid to share them because they can minister to people and encourage others. Um, so I'm talking about them. But again, this is still new territory for me. Um, so he he showed me that what people were perceiving as gentleness was fear. And he led me on a journey of, you know, the researcher, the you know, word nerd and the geek in me comes out and I start reading and researching and finding scholarly uh, articles in the psych and the neuroscience databases, reading books by experts in the field of, um, you know, leadership and uh, emotional intelligence. And it just kind of snowballed into a two year journey of reading and researching of, well, if gentleness is a smoothie of things like power and leadership and self-control and grace and kindness. And I am clearly lacking in the power and the leadership at that point in my life, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, How do I get there, you know? And things like self-control. And like I said, I, you know, when I started this, my kids were very young um, and I was a working mom and dealing with the bitter disappointment of not being a stay-at-home mom. So that, you know, kind of mixed in me to create some behavior patterns that were definitely not where I should have been. And so, how do I take where I was and find a way to change and be a more God honoring, you know, be a better example to my daughters? Uh, and how do I move forward <clears throat> and have, be a better, you know, Christian, <laughs> basically? Um, and and just the nuts and bolts, the practical steps of how to do that. How do I change my negative thought patterns? How do I make behavioral changes that are real and genuine, not just external, but all the way from the inside out? And and that's really what the book is about. Um, after I did all that research and God was weaving that into my heart, he said, why don't you write a book about it? And I said, what? <laughs> Is this and one of, said, of those chores you want me to do? I know, right? I said, is this one of those those things you sent me back here to do? Um, <laughs> right. I really enjoyed writing, but like I said, i I was a person bound by fear and I never shared anything. I never talked about anything. I would write and never share a thing. I would think and never share anything. And God said, don't be afraid to share. Write the book. And I said, God, if I do this, We're going to make a deal. I'll do it. But you have to get it published.
0: (laughs) Yeah, We're going to make a deal. You said that.
1: (laughs) If I do this, because this is going to be a huge commitment for me. And I still had young children. So it's taking time away from my kids. Taking time away from my sleep. Because I would start after they went to bed. But I was still working. So I had to get up for work. So I was burning both ends for a while. Um, and I said, if I do this, and I am honoring you and making that sacrifice, do you promise I'm going to get this published? <laughs> and you know what? I He did. Knocked my socks off. I about fell over when I got the email I had queried. And three days later, I got an email back from a publisher. Shocked me. Wow. But, you know, when you're faithful to do what God said, He'll move the mountains.
0: Indeed, indeed, He will. We need. Uh, I know, and I'm, and I'm been. I'm going to speak from personal experiences. You know, I'm a Christian, but there are times where sometimes you feel like your faith is faltering
1: mm-hmm.
0: or stagnant. You know, you get this this point where you almost go numb to everything. Now I'm, not, now, I'm just talking about myself here. Maybe someone else out there has felt the same way at certain points of their life, or maybe you're feeling that way right now. You mentioned fear numerous times in as you were talking, and fear can, you know, rear its little head in so many different ways, and how you explained it coming from gentleness. Now, that was very interesting. That was very, and I hope a lot of, I hope you listeners caught that when she was talking about that. Um, that there's, you know, the gentleness was actually, you know, there's those little nuggets of fear in there. Um, moving forward and you, you know, you you followed your heart and you followed God's guidance. So you got your book out moving forward and you'd also mentioned that you had some bitterness at not being able to be a stay stay at home mom. And that was being very honest and transparent. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure that there are others out there listening right now that have felt the same thing at certain times. Um, today, like now in this present time, you've got all this stuff that has, if you look back and I see it right now, the path that was laid out for you. There's actually stepping stones to all of this. Where do you personally see yourself right at this minute? What, like the type of space that you envision yourself in, is it where you want to be? Is it what you thought it would be? Or are you just, you know, you're you're here and you're you're doing what, you're doing your daily grind, waiting on God's next nudge. Where is it that you see yourself at right now?
1: That's interesting that you uh, asked that question, because that is something that has been very much on my mind, <laughs> uh, especially here since the new year um you know just asking god you know what what's next you know he had me write two more books they're drafted they're not done with edits uh so once they're done you know he has me writing songs so i have all these songs ready to be recorded i have he has brought a connection to that for that um but still working out the logistics of all of that so you know his word for me this year was movement Um, And I said, you know, and even there's a shift I'm sensing where, um, you know, with being a person who is prophetic and having a prophetic ministry, you know, where he's going to wind up putting my voice and the authority of that, because there's a a place for everybody that he's called. And Mm -hmm. I said, God, where are you taking this? Where are you taking me? I've known since I was seven years old that he had called me into ministry to speak. Um, and I'm in my forties and we're still on that journey of transitioning, you know, still working full time and getting a paycheck in healthcare. And yet, you know, morphing into what God's assignment is for me and how does that look? Um, <clears throat> and I was actually, you know, Kind of crying out to him about that, like, God, you know, what, what are you doing here? And I feel like I, I'm a planner. I think I came out of the womb planning. <laughs> 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 That's just what I love. I love to plan things. I will plan to plan to plan. I mean, my husband's like, oh my goodness, you and your plans. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it probably took 40 years for God to break that in me. Um, because I've gotten to the point where it's almost like the children of israel where you go out for your manna every day i don't know what tomorrow brings but today i've got manna (laughs) and learning that complete dependency upon god and he said you know how do you think abram felt i called him to leave everything everything his family the religion he grew up with his home to go to a place that i would show him i didn't even tell him where it was where it was I didn't tell him what it looked like. He literally was going just on my word, step by step. And he said, kind of what I'm doing with you, but you still have your community, you still have your church, you still have your support system. He's like, so like Abram had it kind of better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have it better than Abram, you know, right, right. Where you still have your community, you still have your support system, but I'm calling you what I'm calling you into, I'm leading you step by step. And word by word and it's to a place that i will show you it was kind of what he was saying right in
0: his time in his his time
1: time and in his way and don't even try to plan it don't try to plan it because it's his plan
0: right and yeah you can plan all you want you personally can plan all you want doesn't mean it's going to pan out
1: (laughs) right (laughs) that's that's pretty much exactly where i've gotten to it's like okay god i'm just going to live by your word
0: right yes yeah probably smarter that way <laughs>
1: that way and uh yeah. you would mentioned
0: that he gave you a word movement
1: movement yes
0: and you know a lot of folks and i see it you know online and in different groups and i'm involved in and in women's networking groups and things like that they always say you know at the beginning of the new year you know what's your what's your word you're bringing with you this year and between myself and you were the only other person I've heard say, God gave me a word. And I didn't just say, you know, pick a word that I think sounds cool that, you know, reflects what I want to do for the year. You know, have you heard that from folks? You know what I'm talking about when they say, oh, I got my word of the year and I'm going to roll into this new year. And this is, you know, this is my word and it's part of my goals and plans. And you've heard people with that, right? With their yeah. words. Um, for two years in a row, I've, God's given me the same word, which is hope. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, just like you were saying, you know, you're like kind of questioning him, you know, and I'm like, well, okay, what am I supposed to do with it? What do you mean you're giving me hope? <laughs> mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do with this? And it took me a while. And I then I realized, Kim, you're overthinking it. And first off, it was given to you. You didn't come up with this. It was literally given to you. Well, shoved in my face is what it was. Because that's what it takes sometimes for him to get through to me. <laughs> <laughs> and shove it in your face. Are you listening to me, child? Um, but hope hope is my word. And I, I was, I, I, almost started laughing a little bit when you said he gave me a word and it was movement. I've, I've not heard anybody else literally say, God gave me my word for the year. It's always just saying my word for the year is triumph or victory or power or fire, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of nice to see that someone else, you know, that you mentioned it that way. God gave Mm -hmm. me the word movement. Um, To me, when I hear that, when you said God gave me the word movement, it's like moving forward at whatever pace it is that you're meant to go at. And I see it as like a hallway with all these doors. And as you reach each door, you're going to open them up. And maybe you're going to go through, but maybe you're opening the door for somebody else to walk through. That's literally the picture that popped in my head when you said, God gave me the word movement.
1: <laughs> I love that. I will certainly take that in prayer and see how he, how he flushes out.
0: Because you have, you have a YouTube channel as well. Yes. And you share a prophetic word. Yes. Now for some of the listeners, or maybe all of them, or many of them might not understand what prophetic word means. Could, could you explain that a little bit of what that means to you and why you feel so strongly led to do that? And you're sharing it on a public platform such as YouTube.
1: Yes. So Prophecy is simply receiving God's messages and sharing them with others. We can get these words in different forms. Sometimes I dream them. Sometimes it's a vision, which is the same thing as a dream, but you're awake instead of asleep. Uh, Sometimes it's those words that kind of come across your mind or a sense, like you feel the words, like you had said earlier, you feel them. Um, So I get them in all those, all of the above (laughs) At different times and for different words um but that was a thing he told me to do last year he said and again with fear you know start doing video work and release what i put in you and i will place it where and when i want and so in obedience i got a tripod and i set it up at the only spot in my house i can And I say, God, I really wanted a cute staged area, but that's not possible right now. So we'll just start with where we are and be obedient to release what he put in me. Um, And so I've been doing one a week. Uh, I I journal them as I get them. I type them out, journal them. I do send them to my pastor and another prophet in my church just for accountability and covering purposes. Um, And... Then you know, as he releases me, I I share them with people uh, in the belief and hope that they will bless, and encourage, and inspire others. You know, when I think when somebody releases a public prophetic word, you know, it, it's important to take it, but also to let the Holy Spirit quicken to your heart <clears throat> what is for you, if that makes sense. Because you know there's many, many people out there and God can highlight certain parts or certain words to each individual for their own encouragement. But,
0: you know, and that leads me to, um, well, it's going to be a very direct question. So why, why would people think that you're actually hearing God and you're not a false prophet?
1: Very good question. Um, I think that all prophecy uh, is for edification, exhortation, comfort, as it says in the Bible. Um, that can take many different different forms. Some can be the tough love form. Um, he hasn't released me into that at this point. Um, and so uh, I do think that there is a legitimizing of prophets. Um, I've been recognized at the local level um, I do think he is starting to build that public track record because uh, prophet, you have to kind of look back at their track record. You know, if, what they say, is it coming to pass and is it hitting the bullseye in people's hearts? So I've been involved in prophetic ministry at the local level. Um, and more recently, he has started to release me in the public um he is starting to build a public track record again that just takes time i know with the asbury revival in 2021 he had released a pretty powerful word to me that in the region southwest um but none of the gulf coast states there was going to be a powerful move that was going to spread out from there and when the Asbury when I became aware of the Asbury because I live under a couple boulders by the way so it takes me a little while to find out about stuff so <laughs> when, I, when I became aware of the Asbury revival um I was sitting reading a book my husband had been had the news on or some news show I don't know I don't watch it but that part I heard and God said that's it and I said what I actually totally forgot had given me that word. I had emailed it to my pastor and the other prophet at the time. And so I searched my inbox by keyword because it was so buried. I wasn't going to find it by going through one by one. And sure enough, the geography fit perfectly where I had sensed that. Um, And then he actually gave me another word with that revival um, in the form of a text message. That morning, it was February 8th, uh, I woke up praying for a particular person in my life, a friend. I had She had been in a dream, and I woke up praying for her, and I felt so strongly to text her a prophetic word. Now, the word was for her, but there were key words in it that were really strong and emphasized. And they were suddenly return of power blessings and today. And the word today was so strong. I mean, he said over and over and over again today, 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 today. I mean, very loud. And I sent the text to her, even though he also told me her day is going to be nothing out of the ordinary. And I was like, why am I sending this?
0: (laughs) And why with the urgency of today, today, today? The
1: urgency of today, today, today. And I was like, well, maybe there's going to be something in the spirit that we are going to be aware of and I'm just going to have to trust that that's what happened. So I saw her the following Sunday and we got to chit chat a little bit. And sure enough, her day was nothing out of the ordinary, but she said, no, I'm just going to believe that whatever was supposed to happen happened. Again, I hadn't, I was at this point, I was not aware of the revival happening in Asbury. So fast forward to the following Saturday. You know, I became aware of it on Thursday. On Saturday, I'm doing my mom business. I'm vacuuming my house, you know, doing my mom job. And um, all of a sudden, as I'm vacuuming, God said, check the dates. And I was like, what? He said, check the dates of your text message, and you will find it matches the Asbury revival. And I said, what? So sure enough, I got on the internet, searched the date. It was February 8th looked up the text message February 8th it was a match so he had me send that text message just hours before it started
0: it's interesting
1: it was interesting so I said yeah. I don't know what that means if there's right some- right I was just
0: gonna say what does that mean
1: <laughs> it has not revealed <laughs> hasn't revealed a- it yet yeah I am meeting uh With our in house prophets at our church on Sunday, we have our regular meetings. So I was going to kind of bring it up and talk about it, and we can all pray together to see does God have something for our particular body to do or some sort of a response. So that is still forthcoming. It'll be interesting to see. But again, he was just saying, you know, I have to, don't be afraid to share, and I have to legitimize and build that public track record Mm -hmm. because you have the the private one the the in-house one now it's time to kind of shift focus a little bit and i'm leading you to the place that i will show you but you have to have a track record that anybody can look at not just a one individual but anybody can look at um he had also given me a word and this is um the way that i i and growing in operating with God is he tells me to do something. I pitch a fit. I have a little bit of a temper tantrum because it's the fear. <laughs> and, and then I say, ultimately, God, I love you more. So let's do it. So years ago I was having, you know, this back and forth with God over the prophetic. And he very, very strongly said, uh, he gave me a dream. Uh, it was had a significant weather event in it around on the other side of the planet. And he he said, "You know, document it. Make sure it's dated, and it cannot be disputed. The date cannot be disputed. So I made just like a generic Facebook post on my personal page. I didn't have a public page at the time. Um, and I said, "Yeah, I had this dream. I kind of put it that way because I was, again, being very timid, but I wanted to be obedient because I love God more. <laughs> and um and he said, "The reason I'm giving this to you." is so as is as a sign to you and others that I have called you prophet. And I made this post, you know, forgot about it. Years and years went by. Years went by. And he said, why don't you look it up again? Find it. So I had to figure out how to search Facebook posts, which (laughs) you can do. (laughs) I discovered you can search your own posts. I found it, found the date. And he said, okay, now look at the news. And sure enough, just months later um, exactly what I had prophesied or dreamt happened. Um, and so I have taken snippets of that and I put it together on one thing so I don't have to keep searching <laughs> <laughs> everything. <laughs> but um, so there are ways that I think God will legitimize a prophet. Um, I always say a real prophet will always bring the glory back to God. They're not going to be looking for their own name, their own fame. They're going to point people back to Jesus and back to his love, looking to connect people with his heart of love and to release the destiny that he has for them. Um, and so that is really, truly, I think more of a hallmark that you can look to that in the track record.
0: When well, I, I like how you explained that the two ways that you, you know, so those two things, um, because of course and you you brought up asbury and we're in the midst of that folks so whenever it is that you're listening to this this is 2023 and the revival down in asbury has been going on for a couple weeks now um and some folks believe it's true revival and some folks believe it is not that it is false and you know whatever side of the fence you're on that's fine <laughs> that's fine it's your opinion um i know what side i'm on <laughs> But it's been interesting to watch that because if, if, you know, and I'm sure, I don't know, maybe you haven't, if you get on YouTube, at least the last couple of days in my YouTube feed, that's all that's coming up are different news people or those who say they are prophets. That's why I wanted to ask about how can people know you're a true prophet, not a false prophet. And listening in, to some of these YouTube and watching some of these videos and some of them are so very very negative about the revival and some are so positive and and um you know it's life affirming and they've personally went there and all of this it's just amazing how how it's been playing out and i I typically just keep my opinions to myself on it because I want to want and I feel that that's what I'm supposed to because i feel that there's also for me there will be a time where i am supposed to speak out on it you know share my opinion on it um but today on my feed there it was literally nothing but negative all against it all against it and i'm like oh the d man's hard at work today his little minions are hard at work today um so it can come you know that those shadows that we were talking about earlier those little shadows that darkness even in the midst of something that is amazing. That's when, you know, you're, you're, you're ticking the devil off. You're ticking him off. He's doing, he, you know, he's got a job to do too. <laughs> if you think about it in basic terms, I mean, he was once an angel and he still has his job and he does it very well. Um, But I don't, what, what do you, now I, I understand. Yes. I I know what side of the fence you're on on that is, you know, yes, Asbury's revival. I personally think it is as well, but I also think that there might be some elements that are sneaking in simply because of what is coming on YouTube and being put out there in the public so much from people that are going probably not with the right mindset and the right heart, but they're getting their word out to the public as well. And it's causing just a little, I've noticed it's just a li- it's a divide is beginning now, again. Have you noticed that?
1: I have heard pros, like people who believe it is legit and people who don't. Um, I think, now I have not tuned in to a lot of the YouTube. I, I have a lot on my plate <laughs> between working mom and pursuing the things that God has on for me. Um, I do believe that it is a move of God. I do believe that anytime there is a move of God, there's always going to be pushback and backlash and our humanity can get mixed in there too. Um, I, I'm not one to judge somebody's heart. Um, it is very possible too, especially with social media. I don't know that we've really had a big breakout since social media has come into place. So how does that affect? That
0: was 1970, the Jesus movement.
1: Right. So how does social media affect a move of God, how it plays out, you know, because people are people. Okay. So, um, so it will be kind of interesting to see. I mean, I, I heard input from some people who had been in the Asbury revival back in the day. And they said, you know, there was so much, you know, it lasted one week and they said, you know, there's so much coming down on why did it only last one week that, you know, and so, you know, they were concerned about them feeling pressure to keep this moving because of the social media age and the YouTube age, uh, beyond what God is actually doing. Um, I, I'm not sure. I haven't been there myself. Sometimes, when you actually go, you can get a better spiritual sense and temper, take the temperature. It's also not for me to do. Right. Um, that isn't the position he's put me in. So I, I'm i very hesitant to stand in judgment uh, in on that. Um, all I know is what he told me and what he said. And I'm very curious to see how it winds up going. Or right. Whether it's going to be some movements, they start in one spot and then people get sent out. And there's ongoing smaller change movement that aren't as publicized right Um, so it will be interesting to see how it winds up getting played out
0: i agree i agree and it would just so happen this morning i was up ridiculously early and i ended up going in this rabbit hole you know with my cup of coffee at 5 a.m got on youtube and got sucked into the rabbit hole for an hour (laughs) And that, you know, and, and literally every single one that came up was negative and against, 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 and I'm going, Oh my goodness, is this how my day is going to start? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm letting, I'm letting the D man sneak in here. What am I doing? What am I doing? Cause I've not been there. So I certainly can't give an opinion. I've not been there. And like you said, so very succinctly, it's not your job and it's oh, not my know. job either. You know, so it's, it's, yeah, I agree. It's going to be incredibly interesting to see how, how it unfolds each day, because each day it's, it's, there's something new, Mm -hmm. at least what I've noticed. And I honestly try to stay off of social media, um, very specific times of the day, because you just have to get, you, you can't get sucked into those rabbit holes like that every day. Because then you will be confused. You'll end up being a confused person. Doesn't matter how strong of a Christian you are, Mm -hmm. all that stuff slamming at you from every direction every single day. So you know you can get tired. It'll wear down your defenses. You know. So, yeah. Gosh, and I
1: think that is so key that you said. You know, if you keep listening to all these voices and all these opinions, they're just opinions, um, right? We really need to be going back to the heart of God as found in the Bible. Um, and, you know, you find those couple people in your immediate life that are seasoned Christians that you can maybe bounce things off of. Um, but to keep listening to all the voices on social media, it gets confusing. And our God is not a God of confusion. And I, I we talk about judging, and I keep coming back to God didn't call me judge. He didn't call me to stand here and judge. He called me to stand here and love. We are not known by what we judge. We are known by our love. And if I'm standing in judgment of somebody else's move, somebody, what God is doing in somebody else's heart, what God is doing in somebody else's life or somebody else's ministry, am I really operating in what God has for me as an individual? No. I mean, with the prophetic, you're going to discern things, But the reason for discernment is for love and to release healing and freedom and breakthrough. It's not to carry a bat. So I do, uh, the Bible says mercy triumphs judgment. So as a human being, if, you know, I find myself kind of falling in that, you know, I say, God, give me your eyes of mercy. Let me see through your mercy and and a big thing he's been working on you know or, or giving me in my prophetic words and therefore weaving into my life because that's the way it goes as a prophet <laughs> whatever you release he works into your life uh, is honor and what does it mean to honor at every level um and i think that's something that we've really lost in our culture i think that as a church we don't really understand what that means and we we like to spout off all of our criticisms and judgments Uh, but all that does is bring division doesn't bring unity
0: right i think humanity as a whole in general not as a whole in general yeah in general um lives in a in a bit of a state of confusion Mm -hmm. um and i think fear's in there Mm -hmm as well and a lot of it is the whole what about me Mm -hmm. the whole me thing and there's generation that's being raised that way right and you know as christians it's hard all right i'll just say for me it's hard to see how the world can turn out and i know it's all planned god's got it all planned out and it's playing out exactly how he planned it he knows already he knows already and here we are in our humanists questioning and judging and pointing fingers and going well why me woe is me why why did that happen to them and not me or oh my gosh why is you know oh my gosh it, you know it just it's a swirl in your brain it can it can get to be a swirl in your brain and it just brings more confusion yes and you know how you said how he you know he feeds things into you and the 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 prophecy and the word and then it shows up in part of your life mm-hmm. how much easier you would think just my opinion folks my opinion only how much easier if if folks actually truly did listen each day and just went with what he said
1: mm-hmm. right
0: don't and question think- don't point don't judge you know, get rid of the greed and the hate and division and all of that stuff. My gosh, what a different world there be! You know, it would be what a different world it would be.
1: And I like how you said, you know, you get swirling thoughts and it's fear based. And I think that's so key. You know, when I find that oftentimes in my own life, you know, if I start to fall into that, there's a heart issue that God needs to bring alignment to, healing maybe or untwist some thinking, uh, change some thought patterns in me, um, because the the criticism and the judgment, confusion, it's not rooted in grace. It's not rooted in freedom. It's not rooted in, it's really not rooted in truth. If you're going to be really, if I'm going to be really honest, it's rooted in some wound and, it, and it's maybe rooted in unforgiveness, maybe rooted in fear, but it's not rooted in holiness is not rooted in God's power. Um, so in God's truth and grace and honor, and that's what he calls us to stand in love, honor, grace, forgiveness. And so what I just want to encourage people is if you find yourself doing that and we all do, because we're all people, we're all human beings, it's going to happen because we're on this side of heaven. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just be clear on that. It doesn't matter who you are and what position you have there's always work, heart work that God can do in our hearts. And so when I find those symptoms starting to surface, I say, okay, God, I take it to God. What do you need to work out in my heart? Let's do it. Let's root it out. Let's heal it. Whatever it is, whether it's an uprooting or a healing balm, a salve that he needs to go into and heal, let's do it. Um, so I can be a better representation of your grace. So I can be a better representation of your love because in the world, sometimes we are the only example of grace and love and freedom and healing that people are going to see. So that's what they should see when they look at my life, um, ideally, <laughs> which again, it, is a step-by-step, thought-by-thought right. process, day process. But, um,
0: Right. Right. No, I'm glad you shared that because I always, I t- you know, I've been asking, especially this year, I've been asking, um, my folks at the end of, you know, we're going to wrap this up here to share a nugget of hope. And you just did, you just said, you know, so I appreciate that. You already shared your nugget of hope. Um, let God work in you basically pretty much, you know, let him, let not get
1: caught up in the symptoms,
0: right? Don't get caught up in the symptoms. And I like how you use that, the word that way, don't get caught up in the symptoms. Let him, let him sort it out. I picture it in my head, like, you know, a whole bunch of twisty ties twisted together. Yep. You know, give him, you know, say, Hey, I'm giving this to you and he'll untwist them.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. He's the ultimate, love- he's the ultimate untwister of twisty ties.
1: <laughs> and he loves us so much. He, he doesn't give up. Even if we give up and we want to give up, he does not give up. Right, As long as you're willing to go through it with him, he will not give up. He will untwist every single one, every time.
0: It's us who walks away, not him. This has been quite a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Conversation. And I thank you so much for spending time with me today and and sharing your, your journey with myself and the listeners. This has been awesome. I'd love to have you on again sometime certainly want to hear about when they're when they're ready to get out there in the world you said you've got a couple other books and you've got songs that you've yeah. written that that you've been given a connection to so that's gonna happen you definitely you got a lot going on and i want to know about it when it's happening so you're gonna have to keep in touch and we'll definitely have to have you on again
1: sure thing thank you so much for this opportunity
0: oh it was my pleasure my pleasure and it was a blessing so thanks again for being on let fear bounce Everybody out there, thanks for tuning in uh, to Let Fear Bounce. We're just out here tossing nuggets of hope. Uh, I thank my guest, Debbie Henney, and thank all of you for tuning in and spending just a little bit of your day with us. All right, this is Kim Langling, your host of Let Fear Bounce. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. If you want to find out more about your host, that would be me, Kim Langling. Feel free to go on over to my website at kimlinglingauthor.com. See what's going on. See what books I've got coming out and what else is happening. You can also check out all of the other podcast episodes there, folks. We are on season three, so there's quite quite a library of them. But thanks again for tuning in to Let Fear Bounce. Kim Langling, your host, wishing you all a beautiful day. Now go out there and rock your awesome self.